It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Roto World Basketball Show. I am Vaughn Delzell, joined by Raphael Johnson of NBC Sports and Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports. Today, we're breaking down all the latest in the association as well as helping you with your fantasy efforts. Joel Embiid and Cat went off. We know Dan's a happy camper. The Bucks fired their head coach. The Heat and the Hornets came to turns for a trade. All that and much, much more on today's episode. So, Dan, I mean, we'll start with you. you got to be feeling on cloud nine, huh? Yeah, I'm still riding high, man. I feel like I was texting the, the homies in the group chat. Uh, a friend of mine was actually in the building for it. And I was like, where does this stack up in, in Sixers history? And uh, there's a couple moments like Iverson getting his jersey retired was definitely up there. Um, him scoring 60 was definitely up there. But I feel like JoJo going for 70, 18, and 5 has got to be like at least top three in Sixers history. I mean, to break the scoring record in a game. Um, but then also the way that he did it, like – the mid range, he only hit one three. He was dominant. Like, that's the, I feel like all Sixers fans and basketball uh, enthusiasts would always want to see, like, what does Joel Embiid look like when he actually dominates, like Shaq? And, like, that was, mm-hmm. that's how you get 70 points and 18, 18 rebounds. That, that was crazy, man. Only six person, actually, does the sixth highest fantasy points scored in a game since 1970. And I'll, I'll ask you guys real quick who do you think is number one? Who has the highest fantasy scoring games ever? Since 1970. Um, so, I mean, this is like 37 year old Kareem Abdul Jabbar, though, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it, I mean, it's a Hall of Famer. Like, you'll know the name. Is yeah. it, um, is I mean, it Shaq? I would, Close. He's I would five. say, I would say, might be Kobe. Akeem Malaji one. Look at Vaughn. Look at him going into the back. It's Hakeem. Let's go, baby. Hakeem had like 38, 17, and like 19 stocks in a game. 12 blocks in seven. (laughs) Can you imagine that? Like actually having him on your fantasy team that day when he did that? Like that's crazy, man. Which I honestly didn't man. think they had fantasy basketball <laughs> that far back. <laughs> Me neither. These are totally made up. Yeah. Like, uh, this is somewhat going back for those statistics yeah. and making them up. But, uh, <laughs> oh, man. I was like, who's in the 70s playing fantasy? I mean, you're way above times, man. You could have been rich yeah. way before your time. Uh, but, yeah, uh, did you guys see the video of Embiid uh, walking past Victor Wembanyama before the game to just check his size to see how big he was? He basically walked up behind him, looked at him, turned his made a face, was like, and then did this, tapped up and did a little prayer to God. Then he went out and did that. Uh, so, you know, 
I like the swag, Raphael. What did you think of uh, Joel Embiid dropping 70, man? It was incredible. Uh, it was one of those games that the Spurs kept it close enough to where he wouldn't get pulled, and I think that's what so many of us were rooting for. Because yeah. if that become a blowout, like we probably expected it to, you know, before the game started, he probably didn't play at all in the fourth quarter. So then you kind of wonder what could he have done had he been allowed to play. I think the the crazy thing is that they were booing guys for taking open shots in the fourth quarter <laughs> because they weren't giving him be the ball. It's like such a Philly thing to do, though. Yeah, it, yeah, it's like damn, man, like you're trying to play basketball the right way here and. and uh, you understood why. So it's nowhere near like watching your morning sports talk TV shows complain about guys passing up shots and whatnot. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But yeah, it was incredible that the first ever 70, 18, and five line in NBA history, if I'm not mistaken. And anytime you break a record that was held by Wilt Chamberlain, that says an awful lot about what you achieved because that man is like all over the record books for like high scoring, you know, dominance. Yeah, player definitely before his time. And Joel Embiid now playing in an era where centers kind of were disappearing and, you know, Embiid and Jokic kind of brought it back. Uh, mm -hmm. But, Rafael, something you said about this, because I agree with everything. I mean, it was a performance of one kind, had me illegally streaming the game. I uh, had to see it. <laughs> had to watch it. <laughs> you know, uh, I live bet the over 51 and a half points in a parlay, mm -hmm. thinking like, you know, he'll get a 50 piece. And he got that within the first few minutes of the third quarter. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, my God, he might go for like at least 70. Uh, mm -hmm. Then he does it 70. And you're just amazed because, you know, this guy can't play uh, much more than he was in that game. But yeah. you know, what he was doing. But it's certainly impressive. But what you said, Rafael, that stood out to me was you still want to play winning basketball. Uh, mm -hmm. Guys are going to take those open shots. Well, Carl Anthony Towns <laughs> scored 62 points, and they lost by three to the Hornets, who, by the way, are underdogs to the Detroit Pistons tonight. Uh, so, Raphael, I mean, you probably heard, if you haven't, Anthony Edwards talking after the game about how the maturity level, they were not locked in at all. They kind of let him do his own thing, and that's why they lost. Um, what were your thoughts watching that happen after Embiid? I mean – it was obvious, like, Chris Finch absolutely lit into his team after that game. Um, no Mike Conley. I get if this – for the, the small uh, section of people who may not think that Mike Conley is very important, you got your example why in that game. Um, just because of the, the maturity level, the playmaking ability that he brings to the table, Towns at 44 at halftime, and he kind of – he cooled off. 18-point lead just went by the wayside. It wasn't all on Cat. You know, other guys had to play better. I think if you streamed Akeel Alexander-Walker, you got 18 points out of the deal, so you're probably pretty pleased about that. But that was a shocking loss, um, given how poor the Hornets have been this season. Man, uh, I guess it shows that Minnesota still got some work to do if they're going to be a, a serious playoff contender this year. And right now, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Denver – all tied atop of the West pretty much. So you're looking mm -hmm. at a three-way tie between three very talented teams. Maturity level definitely comes into factor here. You know Denver has that uh, compared to the two younger teams, Minnesota, Oklahoma City. So, Dan, what were your thoughts on Towns, the discussion after the game by coaches, players? And the last two minutes of that game had 10 errors. Is that correct? Dude, that, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Just what? let the guys call their own, man. Can't get yeah, much it's... worse. Yeah, I mean, I feel like th this is just another example that Cat just doesn't get any respect in this league. And yeah. uh, it was a pretty important, you know, I, I was, it was fun. You know, 
I think it was interesting that he was on the other side of history there. Like obviously scored a sixty a career high sixty two points, but to lose to the Hornets that way, and then to have your your coach lay into you afterwards, and then your best player Anthony Edwards also being like, yeah, we just pretty much looked at him at halftime. Was like, yo, let's just get him the ball and see him, watch him score, try to see if he can outscore Joel. Um, yeah, I feel like that just makes it's just such a Carl Anthony Towns thing to happen. I feel like like yeah. he didn't get the foul called at the end of the game. Clearly got hacked, but like that's not that's not cap man. He doesn't get respect so. I think my lesson that I'm taking away from this is that that's not going to happen again. Uh, Anthony Edwards won't let it happen again. Mike Conley mm-hmm. damn sure ain't let it happen again. So uh, hopefully you had Cat on your fantasy roster this week. He might win you a week, but like he's not touching the ball like that much in crunch time or uh, in, in in separate situations after that. Um, that was a bad loss. That was a really bad loss. Yeah. Yeah. On the, uh, the 18th anniversary of Kobe Bryant dropping 81 points, Get to see 70 and 62 from centers in the NBA. Uh, that is purely amazing. One of them got the dub. The other one, not so much. But uh, that wasn't the biggest news, though, uh, the past few days. Because the Milwaukee Bucks, who were uh, you know fighting for first or second place in the East all year long, fire head coach Adrian Griffin. Rumors were flying last night, gentlemen, that Doc Rivers was the coach. Uh, then it was refuted. But now it is official. Uh, all along. So is he the man, Raphael, that saves Milwaukee from a potential meltdown? Does he create a potential meltdown in the playoffs? Like, what is your mindset <laughs> in Milwaukee? Um, well, at first, when you see the news, a 30 and 13 record, and you get fired, you're, you're shocked. You know, it's like, yeah, this team, absolutely, even with their issues, like, still second in the East. You know, you got the trade deadline coming up. Maybe you can make some moves to address their issues defensively. But then you look at it, the defensive issues, um, I think they're bottom third in the NBA in points allowed per game and defensive rating. Gee, I, I can't understand how that would happen when you trade away your best perimeter defender. I'm not yeah. really confused as to how that would happen, you know. But, yeah, I think there may be some chemistry issues between the coach and the players. Um, obviously, we saw Terry Stotts quit before the start of the, the season. I don't know. It's weird. Like, you know, you're in win now mode. That's why you made the Lillard trade. But even before that, you know, they hired Griffin before. Why are you going to hire a first time head coach when you know that you're in this situation? Um, I feel terribly for, for Griff, you know, it, if it's just about the performance, because he interviewed for uh, the 14 jobs or something like that beforehand wow. and have your first chance in like this. That, that really stinks. So. Doc Rivers has a championship to his name, um, multiple playoff teams as well. How it's going to work out, I don't know, because that title was in 2008. So, mm-hmm. hey, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. He's got Dame, Giannis, got a good star group of stars, but the supporting cast is what really concerns me you know, with this team moving forward. Yeah, the defensive issues I think will not be solved with just Doc Rivers alone. It's going to have to come together from this unit or outside getting another piece added to this team. Uh, But Doc Rivers, you know, he had a success from 2004 to 2013 with the Celtics defensively. Uh, You know, Kevin Garnett holding it down, big perk. Uh, But in the Clippers, you know, they were lob city. Never lived up to the hype whatsoever with Rivers in that whole tenure from 2013 to 2020. Then, Dan, your Philadelphia 76ers gets Doc Rivers till 2023. Now he's moving over to Milwaukee. What? do you expect from someone that you've seen coach your team for multiple seasons? 
I feel like when you hire Doc Rivers, you get 50 wins. And then after 50 wins, then what happens? Because he doesn't make in-game adjustments. He doesn't make adjustments over the course of a series. So to Raf's point, it's like if y'all were in win-now mode, why did you hire a first-time head coach? And I don't know what went on behind the scenes. You know, Terry Stotts obviously leaving from jump was not a good sign. It seems like he was losing the locker room, that being Adrian Griffin. So I, I guess I respect the Bucks for making the move when they did. But I don't think Doc Rivers is just going to magically solve your problems and give you a championship here, right? Like, no. they need to figure out how to get better defensively. And I think, you know, Doc Rivers, I think, probably realized that you know, Adrian Griffin probably needs to be playing Brooke Lopez's more drop coverage. That's an easy fix. Okay, cool. Let's get back to the defensive principles that got us here before. But when it comes down to winning games when it matters most, that's when I have the questions. And I don't know. Dame's clutch, but he ha- he's been kind of regular this year, right? So maybe they can get some offensive, another addition offensive minds to, to join Doc's staff to kind of raise this floor a little, a little bit. But I have concerns about the depth as Raph said, like, this team is not built to win a championship right now, and they don't really have the resources. They gave them all up to get Dame. So, you know, I don't think Doc Rivers magically makes you – they're treating Doc Rivers like he's Phil Jackson, and I, I just don't understand. Like, bro, you're not – you've won one ring. So I, I'm confused. But I get it. I get it. For all the defensive issues, I get it. And from a fantasy perspective, this is a fantasy show. I feel yeah. like the one thing Doc is good at is getting his best players the ball. James Harden and Joel Embiid were amazing together in Philadelphia. I think we should hopefully see Damian Lillard put in a position to play with Giannis more pick and roll situations. Maybe we can see Dame's assist rate go up. Giannis is going to be an absolute monster. Um, But everybody else, like Chris Middleton, I'm even more concerned than I was before because I was Tobias Harris in that third man role under Doc Rivers. Garbage. Didn't want him. (laughs) uh, Yeah. I feel like the main two guys are good. And then after that, it's just like a, it's a mystery how they're going to produce. Um, Doc mm-hmm. Rivers isn't, he's good if you're an, an all-star superstar player, but everybody else like on the fringe just doesn't really pan out too well from a fantasy perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I'll note that Chris Middleton, he started looking a lot better around Christmas, New Year's. He mm-hmm. was starting to hoop too. Uh, so I want to see what that growth looks like if he continues to get better when you know that's what they're kind of waiting on offensively. And defensively, Chris Middleton is a huge deal for the Bucs, yeah. but hasn't been that for this then this season. Uh, Rafael, two questions for you. One, mm-hmm. there were reports out about Dame Lillard being frustrated with the offense so far, even though they had the second most points per game. And it's far better offense than what Portland was doing. Uh, yeah. But second question, are you scared now? Should we cash out of our Bucks first Thunder future? I would. I, I don't <laughs> – I would definitely cash out on that while you, while you still can. Um, often, like Dan noted, if you're a star in, in the system or Doc Rivers is the head coach, you're in a great spot. You're going to eat. Um, so Dame and Giannis, not worried about them at all. Um, Brooke Lopez should be fine just because of the defensive production. Uh, Middleton – that's the one that concerns me. Um, you're kind of – I don't want to say you're turning him into a catch-and-shoot guy because I don't think it's that drastic. But his touches, you know, unless there's a situation where they stagger their minutes a bit more where he could potentially be that primary perimeter guy on the floor, you're in a bad spot. And plus, he's been playing more in terms of the minutes per game, but you're still wondering when will those nagging injuries in terms of like the wrist and the knee crop up again? 
again. So, yeah, if you have Dame or Giannis, you're in a good spot. Brooke Lopez as well. But after that, it's kind of a roll of the dice right now. I think you'd strongly need to consider trading, you know, for what you can get back in terms of value from for Chris Middleton. Yeah, certainly uninspiring to have guys like Malik Beasley, Pat Connington, you know, Jay Crowder, Bobby Portis is of the world right now. And it's those are good players to have on your team, but you need more than that. And, uh, you know, you're not getting that from like Andre Jackson or Marjan Buchan, those type of players right now. So definitely interested to see what happens in Milwaukee the next few weeks, next few games in particular. Uh, but there was a trade that went down, gentlemen, behind the scenes. Why the coaching change was happening. We had the Heat and the Hornets make a deal. Kyle Lowry headed to Charlotte. Probably doesn't excite him too much for, for Terry Rozier. The losing has ended. He's going to Miami. Is he going to buy into the Heat culture? Um, what's his fantasy aspect? Dan, I'll start with you. Yeah, he seemed pretty happy coming off the plane. He's he's very excited to join Heat culture. So <laughs> I, I actually feel like this is a really good move for Miami, real-life yeah. basketball-wise, because he's essentially performing at the same level as Damian Lillard, and he costs way less. And when you insert him, a guy that's gritty, can play defensively, um, a combo guard, they've been searching for that. Kyle Lowry hasn't been dependable. And Tyler Hero's probably had the ball in his hands too much, dribbles the air out of the ball. Getting Ty uh, Terry Rozier in there, I think, will actually help facilitate the offense a little bit and offset the fact that Jimmy Butler's missed a bunch of games this year. The Heat have just been going through a lot of injuries in general. So I think when you put in somebody that can give you 23 points and six assists out off the, off the rip, like, that's a great move for Rougier. So I'm excited to see what he looks like, man. He hasn't played meaningful basketball since he's been with like what the Celtics. So mm -hmm. um, I think this is going to be a good thing for him. Brandon Miller is obviously going to be the biggest winner here um, with the Hornets mailing it in, selling all their bets. Like he's going to go off, but I, I am, I, I feel like Tyler hero, Bam Adebayo, they should all still be fine from a fantasy perspective, but it definitely raises, it lowers their ceiling for sure. Um, by getting someone like Terry Rogier in the mix. But I think it's a good, it's just a great trade in real life basketball. I think the Heat definitely won some games by, by just pulling this off. Yeah, I think the defensive efforts that Rozier is going to bring them is definitely going to translate to some wins for them. I'm a little nervous, Rafael, that they might have to take some time to mesh because Rozier was a ball-dominant guard in Charlotte. He's going to have to tune that down a bit. Turnovers could be an issue at one point. Don't know if you feel that way. But uh, what's your outlook on both sides of this deal? I actually think Rogier will be fine. You know, he shared the backcourt with LaMelo Ball. I think when his usage jumped up, that was when Ball was injured. So I think he'll be fine playing alongside Hero and Butler. Um, we can finally end the charade of people rostering Kyle Lowry in fantasy leagues. Like, he was still at, like, 25% before the trade. Really? It's like he wasn't effective as a starter. Off the bench was even more of a shambles because he didn't want to come off the bench. But it's like you may need to realize your basketball mortality here. Um, you got, no, with all due respect, you got more behind you than in front of you, you know, in terms of games played. So he's not going to play in Charlotte. And Mitch Kupchak said, you know, we're not going to play him until after the trade deadline if he's still here. Out of respect to Kyle, which I certainly get, you understand that. The question now is what type of draft capital can Charlotte get for him, if anything? Or will they just have to buy him out after his trade deadline? Um, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. But I agree with Dan. Brandon Miller is the biggest winner here, I think, um, in terms of fantasy value. There's really no one else to, to put in front of him. You know, Gordon Hayward struggled with injuries. I wonder if they'll try to move him if possible. Um, okay, so it's Brandon Miller, Bryce McGowan's. Um, 
you know, come on. That's not even a question, you know. I think Nick Smith Jr. probably sees some more minutes the second half of the season. I think they've given up on James Booknight, so I don't really expect to see him at all in that rotation. But Miller, that's the guy. If he's still available in your league, you need to pick him up right now because you wait until the trade deadline. It's going to be way too late. Yeah, we talked a lot about Brandon Miller the first month of the show. Um, and, you know, he's steadily gotten better with his minutes playing on a tough team here. But I'm excited to see what happens with Brandon Miller, if he can put up a couple 20-point games here or there uh, and, you know, get his game better all around. Uh, I think he's got three the, in a row. He's got three in a row, three 23 row or more. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm, let's go. I mean, that this game was, against Minnesota, like, I, I thought yeah. I came away more impressed with him in that Minnesota game than, than I was with Cat scoring 62. Mm-hmm. Ser- like, That's the way that he was hitting those shots, man, yeah. like, he – he looked like that was like, yo, this is about to be my my shot and I'm about to take it. So he, the way he's efficient, like I see the comparisons to Paul George and like I get how he's modeled his game after him. His mm-hmm. handle's not there for me yet, but like the way he's scoring efficiently, like at different points and, and the different levels, man, like he's a mm-hmm. bucket. And I, I'm I, I was I was mistakenly wrong. I remember like early in the <laughs> season, I had him like, you know, outside the top 200. And y'all yeah. brought me to like 150 range. But like mm-hmm. now this dude is a guy that I'm saying like, league winning potential here like crazy yeah silly season will be happening quickly here in charlotte i mean they might be get some g-leaguers in the rotation you know over the next few weeks or months so brandon miller is gonna possibly be the number one option some nights uh, i'm excited man and i feel like this was another season where we didn't have wemby and chet brandon miller would be a real consideration for rookie of the year yeah. uh, but unfortunately yeah. he'll just be third place this year uh, which is good enough <laughs> for me because i'll remember it brandon yeah. uh i was gonna say real quick um Raf shout out Nick Smith Jr. He did it a few weeks ago, um, but I think that's a really good call out because, like, even if he gets twenty minutes, which I think he should, um, yeah. and he's a combo guard, right? He can play the one yeah. or the two with his size. Like, I feel like he actually might become fantasy relevant in twelve team leagues if he, you know, takes advantage of the opportunity. Assuming all the veterans get traded, like he's going to have a pretty good opportunity. He could be like their third option yeah. offensively, which is actually kind of interesting. Hmm. Let's go over uh, two more fa- fancy relevant players. Uh, one of them, you guys were high on the last two episodes, Larry Nance Jr. Uh, he's become an emergency fantasy option, Raphael. And I got to say this, I'm not a fan of him because I had a nice little, <laughs> nice little, I was a fan of him last week, not this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice little 10 point, 10 rebound. I needed that from him and Goga. Goga gets mm-hmm. it, Larry Nance, 7.6 rebounds. Uh, it was 10 bucks to win a thousand, Dan. I was pretty disappointed. So, uh, no matter what you two say, I'm not listening, but Raphael, you go first. Dan, pick up. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. Um, last night's blowout of the Jazz, New Orleans shot 23 of 46 from three, which is incredible. But Nance, he started the second half of that game. There was no injury for Valentinus, apparently. Um, they Valentinus still played in the second half, but that was interesting. That kind of caught my eye because we've seen in the past. Their defense kind of improves when Larry Nance is at center. Um, he may not bring the height or the size that Valentinus does, but I think he's a better defender, especially in those pick-and-roll situations. So I think it's something to keep an eye on. I don't know if I would react to the point where I rush out and add him in, in 12-team leagues right now, but this is something to keep an eye on these next couple weeks um, ahead of the trade deadline. So that's what, that's all I'm really saying about Larry Nance right now. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> I, I don't hate him as much as Vaughn, but uh, I think it's an interesting point, especially as the trade deadline approaches. Like, 
the New Orleans Pelicans are going to have a, a a contract and and salary cap issue coming up, and they got to offload some some players. And I think Valachunas could be one of those guys. He's a good big man, can get you you know ten and ten, can shoot from the perimeter and and protect the rim. And I, I feel like this Pelicans team has kind of found a groove. They're all healthy, which is also mm-hmm. a very good thing. But I think Larry Nance is going to continue to be a reliable fantasy player just because he gets 20 minutes. And I think that's not going to, that's going to continue. So the fact that he's starting the second half, I think is also an indication that uh, Willie green is trusted in him a little bit more in certain matchups. So um, I wouldn't be afraid to, to pick him up in 12 team leagues. 10 teams is, is probably a little bit much. He's only 15% rostered in Yahoo league. So um, he's definitely a guy that can do a lot of things. And he even hit a three last game. He's had a three and four straight games. So um, I wasn't usually expecting the defensive stuff, but if he's putting it together offensively, uh, you got to add him. Yeah, he's always been a solid role player. I mean, back to his days yeah. in Cleveland, <clears throat> he definitely uh, did what he had to do. And New Orleans is a team that a lot of people are getting high on. Uh, 23 of 46 from three in the last game. I'll ask you this, guys, before we move on to the triple-double machine. Uh, number one seed in the Southwest, will it be the Pelicans or the Mavericks? Hmm. I'm going Pelicans. I'm gonna go. Ma- I'll go Mavericks. I think they'll get enough. Gro- they'll get enough growth from Derek Lively in the middle to kind of win a division by a game or two. I think it's gonna be close throughout, but I'll go. I'll go Mavericks just because Luca and Kyrie and Derek Lively getting better as the season wears on. I think Dallas needs to make a trade. Yeah. Yeah. If they can, if they can upgrade like their wing, like that three spot, like I feel like they that would be a really good thing for them in the long run. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah. And Tim Hardaway has been having a great season for Dallas, too, uh, leading six-man-of-the-year candidate right now. Uh, but, yeah, just wrote an article on NBCSports.com breaking down that division. I'm on Dallas, so one for Rafael, zero for Dan. <laughs> uh, Triple-double alert. Nikolokic did again. Uh, the Joker gets Indiana. He had another great game. Uh, this season, guys, he's just .9 assists away from averaging a triple-double. Um, can he do it this year, Dan? Absolutely. It's Jokic, sure. Yeah. Um, he's got some ground to make up after after uh Embiid's 70 point performance. So wouldn't surprise me to see Jokic go for like, you know, a run of 10 straight triple doubles or something like that. So um you could never count the Joker out, man. He's just too good at basketball. Yeah, nice bounce back game to what Embiid and Cat did. Uh Rafael, what did you make of his performance against Indiana without Tyrese Halliburton, which we'll get to later? It's He's been incredible this last month or so. I think he's shooting like 75% from the field over his last 12 games. Mm-hmm. That's something only Wilt Chamberlain's done. Like I said earlier, if you've done something that only Wilt has done, it's, it's pretty good. You know, so, it, yeah, it, it's, it just looks so effortless out there for Jokic. Like teams are trying to make a habit of letting him get his under the, the premise that, you know, he won't be able to impact the game as much if he's, you know, you double teaming him. He's able to pass out of those. The man's still putting up elite numbers. So I don't know how you guard him at this point. You know, so I'm glad I don't get paid to figure that out because yeah, that's <laughs> that's an extremely difficult task. But he's been outstanding. Jamal Murray had a really good game against the Pacers as well. So Denver, they got to figure out that bench, but they look pretty good. Oh yeah. wow. Uh, there's that was the only news. team he hadn't recorded a triple double against. Well, one more, the Wizards now. So, so he's never done it against the Wizards. 
Yes, that's the only. Oh, that's team left that's the very next game he plays. Whenever when, he plays them again. All right. When's the Wizards so, on the calendar? We're, we're marking it. What are, what are the odds? Hopefully, it's in DC because I'm going to go. Uh, it's in Denver, February 22nd. So yeah, they already played in DC last weekend. Yeah. So. <sighs> All right. So February 22nd, Jokic triple double. Mark it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's on my betting calendar. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm gonna, but all right, that's amazing. Uh, great stat there. Appreciate that one. Um, I got some news for you guys, guys. Uh, so on Thursday, Ohio State is looking to keep pace with the front runners in the Big Ten. It's women's basketball, and they'll have the chance to do so when they face Illinois. You can watch the Buckeyes in fighting Illinois, fighting Illini, the worst yeah. word in all of sports. I know, Raphael. Uh, it's at 6 30 p.m. Eastern exclusively on Peacock. I haven't put in my notes breaking down how to say because it is the one word I continue to struggle with at NBC. <laughs> um, fighting a lion eye. See, I can do it. I can do there it. I <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. All right. I totally ruined that. Sorry, guys. Um, Time for injuries. Tyrese Halliburton, as we mentioned, uh, he missed another game. He's not missed 10 games on the season. Uh, You know, with 23 points and 12 assists, that's a lot of production to make up. Spicy P time? Or is it someone else, Rafael? We've been here before. I'm kind of upset that they rushed him back uh, when he did. You know, hamstring injuries, you should never rush back from. It doesn't take too much to aggravate them. So that's the disappointing part of it. We've been here before, you know, it, it's TJ McConnell. I think our uh, Andrew Nemhard, he played well against, you know, in, in the game against Denver the other night. So I think he's got a little more value if you can't get McConnell, but McConnell's the main guy um, until Halliburton gets back. He's probably going to be out the remainder of this week at a minimum. So TJ McConnell, it is again. Yeah. It seems like it's becoming a theme. Dan, any difference? No, no difference. Um, Looks like it's going to be three games, but, I mean, who knows with this, right? Like, I think it would make sense to probably hold him out through the All-Star break. It's right around the corner, give that that hamstring plenty of time to heal. You want to have an opportunity to get him and Pascal Siakam to get their chemistry back. So, you know, this is a team that made a move that's trying to win now. So, I think they're – the, it's in their best interest to get – make sure that Tyrese Halliburton's healthy. So, yeah, TJ McConnell time, baby. Yeah, another guard uh, with health injuries and a team that is not trying to win. 
Trey Young concussion protocols, missing his second straight game. Atlanta's far out of the playoff picture, Rafael. Uh, is there anything to look forward to on the waiver wire in the near future? Not really. I think they can get the back end of a playing spot at that nine or 10 spot. That's pretty much, I think so. Um, Cause you're fighting with Chicago and Brooklyn at this point. And I don't think that's too difficult of a task for them to do. Now we'll have to see if they do anything with DeJounte Murray, but in terms of like waiver wire pickups, I don't think there's anyone to add, you know, Murray's going to be rostered everywhere. Bogdan Bogdanovich, maybe in a shallow league, if he's still floating out there, you grab him, but, like you're not going to add Trent Forrest just because he's playing backup point guard minutes like that. No, I don't think there's anyone out there that you can really add from that Hawks roster to make up for Trey Young being down. Yeah, this Atlanta Hawks team sitting barely scraping by on the 10th seed to play in. I have doubts that they make the postseason. I think DeJounte Murray will obviously be on the move. A team like Brooklyn could sneak in there. Toronto, maybe. Uh, but I would have to say the Hawks might be the worst uh final playing team that we've seen so far, which hasn't been much. Dan, what's your opinions? Um, yeah, it sounds like the most recent report I saw is, you know, the Lakers are kicking the tires on DeJounte Murray. Two, they're just trying to find a, a third team to take on D'Angelo Russell's contract. So we'll see what happens there. But sounds like something might be imminent. Um, in terms of uh, Trey Young and his concussion, as Raph said, there's nothing really to add here. This is just DeJounte Murray's usage is going to skyrocket. So um, I'd probably be playing DeJounte Murray overs tonight because he's going to be very busy. Be curious to see, though, with the, the Atlanta the Atlanta Hawks, where they're at now, if they decide to move DeJounte, how long is it going to take them to, to, to keep Clint Capella still on the roster? Um, uh, DeJounte, uh, DeAndre Hunter is another guy that's been hurt, but he's been on, rumored on the block since the beginning of time. So I don't know. We'll see what this <laughs> Atlanta Hawks team will do, but I expect that they're probably going to be making some moves at the deadline because they're not obviously not you know, a shoo-in sure for the playoff spot. So, yeah, I think it's time to start selling off some assets. Yeah, this team uh, had its streaks here or there, especially last year, but I just have my doubts with how this team could work defensively anymore. Um, very streaky team, but uh, not a streaky team, unless you're talking about just straight losses. The Detroit Pistons, their favorite tonight, as I mentioned, against the Charlotte Hornets, which is going to make for a must-see basketball game for all the NBA nerds out there. Uh, but Raphael, Kate Cunningham could return. He's questionable. Uh, Monte Morris could also make his business debut. What's the fantasy impact if Kate does return, if not? I don't, you know, I think I would be curious about Jaden Ivey playing alongside Kate. Like, if you have Killian Hayes rostered, I have to wonder if you quit your league like months ago. Because, <laughs> no, he, he should not be. Ro- he, he shouldn't be rostered, even though he's starting. Um, I know Marcus Sasser had a really good game the other night, coming off the bench. He may be someone to put on your watch list for later this season, but that team is young enough to where those guards aren't going to be shut down. I don't think. You know, maybe Cade just because of the injury history could be a candidate for that later in the season, but. They just need those young guys to play on the floor together and figure out what they have and see who's going to fit into the rebuild and who won't. Um, so the Monte Morris one is kind of intriguing to me, not so much because I think he's going to hurt someone's fantasy value, but you try to get him out there ahead of the trade deadline, put him in that shop window, so to speak, see if you can get some draft capital back in return for him because you got multiple teams needing backup point guards, uh, backup, you know, Perimeter help, period. So 
if he's healthy, can be what he has been in the past as a backup point guard, you know, good assist turnover ratio, maybe they can move him. But I think he, Alec Burks, is definitely someone to watch in terms of trade deadline. Do they finally pull the trigger on Bojan Bogdanovich, you know, move him out? You know, I know they refused to in the past. His timeline clearly time. isn't in line with, with what they're doing in Detroit. So that's someone else yeah. to keep an eye on. Yeah, I would say he's probably the would be the most sought after guy for most teams. You get a sharpshooter, someone yeah. who could stretch the floor. Like you'd want to pay a guy like that, especially if your team's not hitting threes. Um, <clears throat> speaking of hitting threes, D'Lo, uh, he's been doing it, Dan. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about Monte Morris or the Pistons, uh, but we can move on to the Lakers if you'd like and talk about what's going on in the city. Of yeah, let's talk, let's talk Lakers because like I, I don't really know what's going to happen with this Detroit. Like it's great that Kate's coming back. That's awesome, but I don't. Yeah. I can't call it, man. Um, I just hope Monty Morris gets a shot because I think he could help out a contending team. Like, I yeah. feel like when you mentioned Burks and Monty Morris, I feel like those would be two great players to go to the Bucks. but I don't know if that uh, if that will be in their future or not. But, yeah. Yeah, I think that would actually be a good idea for, for Milwaukee and, and uh, pre-site here. But I, I wanted to mention D'Lo because he scored 27 against the Clippers, 20 or more in four straight. You guys were saying – He's starting to play. If you have him, you should feel confident in him, but he's going to be a guy on the trade block. Uh, LeBron's day-to-day moving forward, so you would assume Rui and Vando, they got v- value moving forward, right? Um, Not in fantasy quite yet. Like, I feel like the Lakers got to kind of – they haven't tightened their rotation enough that I would be confident that those guys would be consistent for long enough that would be rosterable like maybe a couple guys would be out for a night and then maybe want to stream them but um i'm curious about the 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 curious case of delo because like he was a guy that you probably i don't know i've seen him dropped in shallow leagues like 10 teams or less but you're not dropping him in 12 for how bad he was but like over the last five man 27 points six assists and he's shooting 56 percent from the field Minus the turnovers, like he's been a very good fantasy player. So I don't know, man. Like I feel like D'Lo gets he gets way more disrespected in in real life basketball circles. But fantasy wise, man, he's actually been pretty good when he's been given a shot to play. So even if he gets moved at the deadline, I'd probably feel pretty good about his fantasy outlook, um, especially where you got him. Like he's not like he's a high draft pick or anything. So um, if anything, I feel like D'Lo's actually been really solid for fantasy. Probably more underrated, actually. I think I could throw out that word. Rafael, would you agree? Would you be looking past Rui and Jared Vanderbilt? I think right now they're just like stream deep league stream, streamers with LeBron out. Um, how long he'll be out, I don't know. But, yeah, I think sometimes in the case of like D'Angelo Russell, we get so used to guys just being like rearranged and shipped out on a whim when you're playing alongside a, a win now star like LeBron um, that he may be a bit underrated like Dan was saying you know he's been playing really well recently what the future may hold at the trade deadline I don't know but I think he's someone if you have him right now you're all in on him because whether this is just a matter of circumstance or him wanting to play at a level so they don't trade him whatever it is it's working right now so I think if you have him you're all in on the on the D'Lo bandwagon here yeah I like to hear that because, uh, you know, we, we did poke fun at him a few times, me primarily, yeah. uh, you know, hoping to see what he would do this year. And whenever he does his chance, he has balled. And I had fun watching Lakers Clippers rivalry and seeing D-Lo do that. So 
Uh, hope he continues that. Hope the Lakers get healthy because I would like to see LeBron always on the basketball court. Uh, let's talk about two more players that have been playing well before we get to the week 14 schedule and our streaming options. Uh, Jabari Walker. Uh, are we buying or selling on him, Dan? Um, I'm buying. I, I think he's a player that, you know, as the season wears on, I, I wrote about him this week. I, I think he's a player that's going to continue to get minutes. Um, he reminds me of Paul Millsap just in terms of like his ability to like scrap down low and he can also stretch the floor. Um, and if you look at Millsap's second year in the league, their stats are actually pretty comparable. So um, I don't know. I feel like he's a guy that, that Portland needs to explore more. And I don't know what's up with DeAndre Ayton. Like he's just DeAndre Ayton, I guess. Um, but between him and Duop Reith, like I feel like we're going to see those guys a lot more towards the end of the season because Portland's not good and they want to see what they have in their young guys. And I, they said that they're not going to trade Jeremy Grant, but like I can't help but think that like he just fits the profile of a guy that's probably going to get traded. So I'll be keeping an eye on Jabari Walker. If that happens, like he's going to get a lot of minutes and he's actually has a pretty good fantasy profile, man. He's good from the line. Um, good rebounder. Um, want to see more in the stocks category, but I think with more minutes and opportunity that could happen. Yeah. Well, you're comparing to Paul Millsap, so you can't expect too much from the blocks department for a six, seven, <laughs> two twenty-five yeah, pound get, forward. Let me get one point three steals, though. Let me, let me yeah, get yeah, you could get, that could happen. That could happen. Uh, he's had a great January, Raphael. I mean, over mm -hmm. ten points per game, nine rebounds, seventy-five percent from the free throw line. As Dan mentioned, thirty-five percent from three as well. He's been pretty good, man, stepping in there, especially with DeAndre Aiden getting stuck in snow. Uh, so you buying or selling? I'm buying. Um, Aiton's look a lot like a West Coast Spencer Dinwiddie in that he can't really consistently put it together right now. And that's opened a door for guys that we weren't even thinking of, whether you talk about Jabari Walker or Duop Reith. Um, Duop Reith outplayed Aiton last night, too. Um, rather controversial finish in Oklahoma City as well. But, yeah, I think those young guys, they're going to play even more as the season wears on. I didn't think Jeremy Grant would be on the move just because of his contract. But if someone's willing to take that on, I know things have changed, you know, with the, the new TV deals that will be coming up in terms of how much that, that costs a team to pay a guy that type of money. But, yeah, they move him. It, it's, hey, man, Jabari Walker, Duop Reith. I wouldn't go as far as to say Ibu Baji, but those two, man, you know, Tumani Kamara too. We saw him. We saw him start earlier this season, back on the bench, partially because of how well the Walkers played. But some of those young guys that probably didn't think too much of are going to get good minutes as the season, you know, rolls towards its conclusion for them. Yeah, it's it's actually interesting to hear you talk about all the younger players in Portland and here we talk about Detroit too, just because of the records. But yeah. Portland really does have a much better situation with all these young guys and. Been a fan, Jabari Walker, especially on the boards. He has a lot of effort. Uh, but this one, Rafael, might stump you. All right, because this is your guy. Uh, this Money Marv. Marv. The third. Money Marv. <laughs> uh, I almost threw him in a double-double parlay the other day, and I started laughing. Like, I can't do this. What's Rafael yeah. got me doing? Uh, <laughs> what's his value like with uh, Daniel Gafford back in action? He's a hold for me. Um, just because it's not like Gafford's been playing like – 30 plus minutes per night, you know, so there's still room for him there. Your other options in the post for the Wizards are Anthony Gill, and that's probably about it. You know, I sincerely hope they don't try to play Kuzma at the five ever again because 
<laughs> he does he's never seemed happy about it and it's just, it's just been a disaster when they've done it i think i can't remember which game it was a couple weeks ago where he got thrown out when he had to play the five i don't think that was why <laughs> i would never allege that but it's like might be just tired of it you know but yeah i think bagley if he can get 20 to 23 minutes per game which i don't think would be too difficult for him to do i think he can have some value especially in deep leagues right now yeah, we uh, talked about him last Wednesday, and uh, he went out against the Knicks the following night on a Thursday. And uh, I thought about doing a double-double or something crazy with him mm -hmm. because you guys were talking him up. He had 20 points and 11 rebounds. I said, all right, well, he's definitely not doing it against the Spurs. 21 mm -hmm. points and 12 rebounds. <laughs> I said, all right, well, I've already missed the boat. <laughs> and then he has 14 and 7 against the Nuggets, so I'm glad I didn't do it. Uh, Dan, are you excited about it? Are you holding on to Marvin? Yeah, I got Marvin in a couple spots, and and I, I agree with Raph. I think he has staying power. Daniel Gafford's never been a guy that that commands 30 minutes a night. So whether he's playing power forward, that being Marvin Bagley, or center, he's going to get minutes on the floor. Um, and then the Wizards traded, you know, Danilo Gallinari and, and Mike Muscala. So, yo, it's 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 Bagley time, man. Like I feel <laughs> like there's just not a lot of options in the front court. So. Yeah, he has a fantasy-friendly skill set if he can stay healthy. That's always been his problem. Can he stay healthy? And uh, right now, three straight games with double double figures. He gives you double-double potential. Like, let's go. Let's go, Marvin. Yeah, this dude, 18.3 uh, points and 10 rebounds in his, uh, his first three games with the Wizards. Uh, two starts. And uh, you know what, guys? My girl was saying she wants to go courtside. I might have to go see Money Marv take on the Pistons in a couple days, man. Uh, you know, them tickets going to be cheap courtside, baby. Treat her real well. So I'll be trending on trending on X. Like, yeah, I took my girl courtside. Pistons, Wizards. People like, yeah. Please go to that game. I think one of the um, under underrated aspects of Wizards games is just watching people walk back and forth on the sideline throughout the course of the game. So it'll be cool to see Vaughn just kind of walk across my TV screen. At some point. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Uh, yeah, I was looking at tickets because I really want to go to a Wizards game for end of this year. It's one of the closer teams to me. But uh, mm -hmm. obviously, you know, the Pistons at Wizards, I could probably get courtside tickets and uh, not be out of like, you know, too much of a paycheck. So yeah. looking forward to that, I guess. I guess. I'll let you guys know how it goes. Uh, but on the other side of this promo, we have the rest of the week 14 schedule and who Dan and Raphael are going to tell you to pick up. So uh, just a reminder to everybody, find all your favorite NBC sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com backslash NBC sports. Um, and just to prove to you guys again that I can read a promo, Fighting Illini. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. 
the most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. All right. <laughs> week 14 schedule. Uh, a lot of teams with two games and three games, guys. Uh, Dan, who are we looking at? Any teams or players? Yeah, I like um, I like Nick Richards. I probably got a little bit ahead of myself in the beginning of the week because he was questionable for a couple games, but he's back. He's probable for Wednesday, and Mark Williams is nowhere near returning. Steve Clifford said it in a couple of different ways. I had to drop him. I think it's time. Mm-hmm. If you need to do the same because you got injuries, do it. Um, I think Nick Richards is going to be their their center for a while now. So he has double-double potential, can get a block a game. I think he needs to be added. They play three games. Charlotte Hornets play three games, one against Detroit, and then they got a back-to-back Friday and Saturday against Houston and Utah. So two out of three, good good matchups. The other team I like is the Oklahoma City Thunder. They play the Spurs, and they also play Detroit on Sunday. So someone you might be able to find in 12-team leagues is Lou Dort. I would pick him up. He's a guy you can stream, and then you know if you feel like you need to drop him, feel free. Um, Money Marv, he's forty nine percent rostered. So uh, Washington Wizards got three games. They play Utah and they play Detroit later this week. So those are, those are great matchups. Mm-hmm. Always like a revenge narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think those are the main guys that I'm looking at right now to close out the week. I like that, Rafael. I know you do. Who do you like? Yeah. Um, Luke Kennard is rostered 36% of Yahoo leagues right now. And Memphis plays three games the remainder of this week. Um, they've got kind of a, a bookend back-to-back with Sunday and then Monday for the start of week 15. He's had to take on a more prominent role with Desmond Bain and Marcus Smart being sidelined. I feel better about Kennard than I do John Conchar. So I'd say Luke Kennard um, in some deeper leagues, he should still be available. Vince Williams Jr., he's pretty, he's at 64%, so he's going to be more of like a um, – if he's out there in a few standard leagues, maybe you go for him there. I wouldn't go as far as shallow leagues, but I think standard to be still available, you can go there. That Phoenix situation, keep, not, keep an eye on them just because of the Eric Gordon. I think he's questionable for tonight's game still. Um, they have three games and a back-to-back to be end week 14, start week 15. So there's some questions there. I don't think there are any, like, solid pickups per se, but maybe if Grayson Allen's lurking out there in a shallow league, I would go with him. He probably shouldn't be at this point given how well he's played, but if he's still out there, Grayson Allen would be a good option, I think. Yeah, I love that you just picked that on the Suns because that's where I was going to lead. Uh, if there was any options for teams like the Suns or the Mavericks this week, uh, and Phoenix, I mean, they are on a hot streak. <laughs> Six straight games, they came back and beat my Chicago Bulls, which to everyone watching or listening, if the Bulls are ever up by 20 points in a game, go take the other team right away. If you want to make a little bit extra, just five or ten bucks, you'll be good. Uh, but yeah, they're terrible, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's played really well. He had games of 20 and 29 before he had two more games of 10 plus points. So I like the Grayson Allen call, uh, Dan, anyone else you want to add, um, or note that Rafael Um, mentioned? something I'm monitoring is amen. Thompson, Fred Van Vliet is off the injury report and Jabari Walker's, uh, Jabari Smith jr. Is also coming back, but, 
Uh, Amen Thompson's been playing some really good basketball, so I'm, I'm wondering if he can carve out like a, you know, a seventh man, sixth man type of role. And if so, man, he's much like his brother. He just does a lot for fantasy, just, you know, rebounding stocks, um, just amazing in transition, just a really dynamic player. So he's a guy that I've, I've picked up in a couple spots in 12 teams that I'm just looking to stash, um, see how it turns out. Um, the other player I was looking at, sorry, where'd it go? Um, we already talked about TJ McConnell. Um, oh, want to get your guys' take on the Warriors situation. So they have a really good schedule to close out the week. They play Atlanta, Sacramento, and, and the Lakers, all, all pretty good fantasy matchups. Would you pick up Trace Jackson Davis? Uh, Brand Pajemski seems to hit a, a rookie wall, so I don't think anyone's really going to be expecting to pick him up. Um, but what what about TJD? Do you think this is somebody that you might want to go for, Raf? I, I think it's possible. It's really tricky just because, you know, after the passing of the assistant coach, they haven't played yeah. in over a week. So yeah. it's kind of hard to figure, kind of peg what that rotation is going to look like. Um, does Draymond Green return to the starting lineup? Um I think Pajemski is questionable for Wednesday's game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's questionable due to illness, so we don't even know if he'll be out there. Um, TJD, just because of the lack of options. You know, I think Dario Saric has played reasonably well on the bench wall, but, you know, they keep playing Kevon Looney starter, you know, in the starting role. TJD is going to have an opportunity to get some minutes on the back end of that rotation, so – yeah, I would say so. I think you're hoping more for later in the season. You know, if things yeah. were to go like really wrong for the Warriors, maybe it becomes a more valuable piece at that point. Yeah, it's uh, also a situation too where Golden State's on the first night of a back-to-back -to -back tonight and tomorrow, so they're rushing back yeah. to two games right away. Hawks tonight, yeah. Kings, two teams that play pretty similar paces up and down yeah, the yeah. court. So uh, you'll need some bodies, and I'm sure TJD, a young guy, he'll uh, he'll be out there playing a little more minutes than you'd expect probably. So. I like that call a lot. Um, what's the projected stat line for Joel Embiid tomorrow night at the Indiana Pacers? How does he outshine the Joker? Man, 35 and 35 and 12 forces. I was about to say. Sounds <laughs> like his average. Yeah. That's a good call. I was really about to say that. So they say those numbers, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. I think you'd probably get, you know, four or five assists, um, a couple blocks. You know, I think – I don't think he's going to go off like he did against the Spurs because Miles Turner is going to put up, you know, far greater resistance. I think he knew something was wrong when Pop said before the game, you guys want me to lie to you about what we're going to do to stop him. It's like, all right, all right here we go. Yeah, he's about to. Go. <laughs> I don't think we expected seventy, but you knew yeah. something big was in store. So, yeah, if you're expecting <laughs> seventy from Embiid in this matchup, you're going to be disappointed because I don't think the Pacers are going to give up yeah. that type of no. you know stat line with their defensive struggles and the pace they play at. So, yeah, yeah. Say Joel Embiid playing 38 minutes against the Indian Pacers. Uh, that boy going to lose some weight. Uh, that is up and down the floor. That's <laughs> a lot of work. Uh, but, yeah, I was definitely thinking uh, somewhere along the lines of 36, 15, and 7. I think he's going to get his assist game going a little more. Try and get that triple-double, right. but not quite get there. because uh, Maxi over? 
I like yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, Maxi only had, what, 18 mm-hmm. points on Embiid's big mm-hmm. nights? Uh, yeah, people were tweeting out, oh, good for Embiid, but Maxi didn't get him my 20-plus. Uh, I'm like, come on, he guys. Will, he will against stuff. the Pacers. Yeah. He will, yeah. You yeah. know you're getting right back. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, Tyrese Maxi, I do like his matchup as well. I think he might have his 30, 40-point night against the Pacers. Uh, so those are our calls. Uh, Rafael, tell some, t- say something nice to the people before we get out of here. Thanks for watching or listening. Um, yeah, we appreciate you. I don't really know. We appreciate you. Say something nice. All right. Well, check out. Yeah, actually, no. Check out the website. Um, did a fancy breakdown on the impact of the Terry Rozier trade yesterday. Um, had to have that out pretty quickly. So if you guys click on that, we appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah two of the hardest working fancy guys in the business here. Dan, you working on anything fun? Uh, fun? Yeah, always. Um. I have an article out tomorrow, but uh, this is the best part of my week. So thank you, gentlemen. And thank you all for tuning in every week yeah. to listen to us talk about fancy hoops. It's love. It's awesome. Likewise. Hopefully you guys are doing as well as these two are in their leagues. For Rafael Johnson of NBC Sports and Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports, I'm Von Delzel, NBC Sports. Thank you guys so much for watching. As the gentleman said, make sure you check out the work, follow them, and uh, best of luck. And last thing I'll say, happy birthday, Mom. Hope you're proud of me. <laughs> See you guys later. <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, Fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.